Hey, it's Carrie from Wrap Your Head Around Silks. This is the Expecting Aerials podcast now on the Digit Network. Hope you guys are doing well. Thank you so much for being here. Before we get started, uh, so excited um, because in 2023, teacher training is coming by Wrap Your Head Around Silks. Uh, we're going to start with Silks Level 1. And it's going to be in the spring. So in the show notes, there's a link. If you are interested, just uh, click there. Give me your email address and you'll be able to get notifications about stuff that's coming up. Writing the uh, textbook as we speak. And I'm really excited. And as always, we have uh, our virtual 60-minute live Roll It Out classes ongoing weekly and then if you can't make the live time you can just log on to the student portal take the class as much as you want in that week um you know as we try to get healthier together and then the three part free aero rehab video series it's like a little mini master class if you're if you're in need of some aero rehab coming back from pt and wanting to go back to class in an efficient and healthy way And uh, today, I'm so excited to say that for the closing of season two, so this is our last episode of our season two this year, uh, we have the circus doc, Dr. Emily Sherp. She is just the bomb.com. And I asked her to come on to talk about healthy shoulders, how to keep them healthy, how we know when they're not healthy and what to do about it. And we actually also talk about everything that we're up to. So it's a really fun episode. And I'm so excited to be closing out the second season with this exciting um, interview. So let's get started. How are you? What are you, what are you up to this year? What's, what's, the, what's the big stuff? Uh, wow. Well, uh, this is like the return of conference year, right? So like... Okay. I feel like this fall has been full of, we had a American Circus Educators Conference at the beginning of October. Ace, right? Ace Conference. And then from that, we, I rolled into the um, uh, International Association of Dance Medicine Science Conference, which then is- That's a mouthful with, right there. <laughs> right? Adams. Uh, and then that rolled into an online Australian Society for Performing Arts Health Conference. Um, and yeah. And these are all virtual? Uh, the first two were in person. The third one was in person. I just wasn't there. I did right. virtually. Because Australia is really far. Um, yeah, so con- return to conference season. So I feel like I'm just like coming out of that now. Because that was like all of October and November. Um, but other than that, like, what am I doing? I was the author of a, um, independent study course for the physical therapy association, the American physical therapy association, which is coming out the middle of this month. And, uh, that, that takes a lot of time. <laughs> and, um, like, what else am I doing? I don't know. Just doing the things. How about and you, you? And you have, well, I'm not done with you yet. And you have clients, uh, you have clients. And I have clients and I have online courses that I teach for physical therapists, um, for continuing education of how to work with circus artists. And then, uh, kind of a ongoing like um, once a year I teach a course for instructors for continuing education for them for like higher level instructors that want to get nerdy with it oh I didn't know this I know I only do it once a year so I don't tell a lot of people but no it's it's good and then I just made t-shirts 
Yes. Because I was like, because t-shirts. <laughs> um, I do a lot of yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. And then how often do you have, uh, because my, my friend Stretchy Sue, Dr. Sue, um, she had awesome. taken your course, I remember, and that's how yeah. I reconnected with her. Um, how often do you do that course for continuing education? <laughs> Three times a year. Oh, okay. And how yeah. many, is it like a, how many hours is that? Is it? Uh, 24. It's a 24 hour course. Okay. Yeah. Not all at once. Cause that would be a lot. That would be a very long day. That, that would be a yeah. lot. Oh my goodness. It's <laughs> over 12 weeks. So it's 24 hours over 12 weeks. And you do all your content creation too, right? Mm-hmm. You're busy. Yeah. Yeah, you're really busy. Yeah. I'm, I'm really busy as well. Um, yeah, I'm like, what, I'm like, what have you been doing? Because you're not, you're not a lady to just sit still. No. So both the podcasts I do got picked up by a by a um, network, which is amazing. What? Because, That's huge. Yeah. So it's great. It's a health and wellness network called D- Digitant Podcasts, and uh, you know, in 2022, you just can't be a fish alone in the water. Like you need a school of fish. Like it's just unfortunately like independence it's, it's kind of how it's because everyone jumped in the pool all the fishies jumped in the pool all the fishies jumped in the pool i think the i mean i i'm not sure about podcasts like exponentially growing i think that it was already there but like ones die off and then other ones jump in and the ones that jumped in there's a lot that jumped in during pandemic because people are like oh i can just buy a microphone and a headset yeah. and, and make, talk everyone and wants to hear me talk. everybody wants to talk right Including, Everyone definitely in, wants to hear me talk. Including, including me. I mean, you were already doing it. We all knew we wanted to hear you talk. So, uh, so that happened. I have like uh, a live. I decided to do a live version of uh, my classes for my like international, like for everybody. So I, I'm doing a roll it out, which is like a myofascial, like foam rollers, balls, one hour a week. We're doing that. I launched Aerial Rehab. Thank you for prompting me to talk about all my products. Uh, oh, no, because it's it's great. It's really exciting to also, like, recognize all the things that we do because I don't think... No, I know. But you don't even realize all the things you do. Yeah, so I finally got uh, my second course out of the door, Aerial Rehab, and it's basically that gap between you finish your PT... You're going to aerial class, but it's everything's too much for you. It's too much weight load. It's too much loading, blah, blah, blah. So I do a bunch of micro progressions. So awesome. Out the door. Uh, and then I have my bean. She's three. No way. That's not even possible. Yeah, she's three. She's like a person? She's a whole person. She's singing in the background. She likes to sing now. It's just a part of, it's kind of like the, her development. You can like see in the podcast. It's so cool. Um, yeah. See, last time I saw her, she was not three. No, <laughs> no. Because the last time we got, uh, I re- I remember we talked about relaxing the last time you were here. Yeah. So um, yeah. So the podcast is really, um, it's nice. Cause I kind of like bebop between like women who are in their second pregnancy and then talking about how much they're training. And then I'll have a resource person like you come on and talk about something that we all might care about. And then. Oh, speaking of something we all might care about, I of course forgot something else that I'm doing. Um, (laughs) I want to hear. Yeah. I am in the midst of a study on pelvic floor in circus artists. 
a little relevant. Wow. Uh, I mean, is yes. this, is your sure like publishing life? This is, um, this is my research, like things I do on the side for fun. Uh, yeah, but also to, uh, but also to publish, yeah. right? This will be published eventually. So we are presenting it at a small conference in December, uh, our very preliminary data. Um, and then we're still collecting data. So can you, can you talk to, I, I know we're, we're supposed to talk about shoulders, but honestly, we can talk about anything. It's, we can talk about anything. I'm, we can I'm the boss. We can do whatever we want. Whatever we want. So what's your approach there for this one, for the pelvic floor? So workout? really, I was I was collaborating with a friend uh, in 2021 who um, loves the pelvic floor, and she's a, a professor of, well, I'm going to get her title wrong now. She works at the California State University, Long Beach. Okay. Uh, in the dance department, she's a physical therapist. I don't know what her actual title is. Uh, I can also I can look it up and put it in the, sh- in, in the notes. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Um, but, but Brooke Winder, she is, uh, she works there with the dancers, teaching them about their bodies and how they work. Um, and with that, she's also been doing some research and has access to, um, to, uh, human research, um, human, human research subject, uh, review processes. Cause you can't just do a study on humans, even if it's just a survey, you have to get uh, someone to say, this is a safe study to do on people. So you need to have that review process oh, to do it. Oh, I mean, that makes way. sense. Actually. Right, like a survey, it's like, oh, this is probably not harming anyone. But um, that there's just a, a process you have to go through. And uh, it's easier if you're in the um, university institution to get that process. They usually have their own review boards. So she had done a study on dancers and pelvic floor health and came in to give a talk for my group um, my Circus Smart Speaker Series. Again, something else I forgot that oh. I do. <laughs> Wait, what's that? Circus Smart Speaker, speaker Series. I did a summer Circus Smart Speaker Series, <laughs> um, and I'm going to be doing one next year. I'll actually have one every single month. Um, I have not announced it yet, but it will be announced this month that I will be having speakers once a month for the whole year of 2023. And people can just sign up for the Zoom. You can just sign up for the Zoom. You can sign up for them like the whole year. You can sign up for quarters. Um, it's going to be very fun. I'm excited about it. I get to hear people I want to hear talk about things, talk about things. <clears throat> so I'm like, that's just going to be really cool. Oh so, my God. Okay, cool. Okay. Know, I'm going to have people talking about their research and people talking about psychology, about um, hormonal cycles, about uh, pole dancing and... Um, and working out, I'm going to have people talking about hypermobility, everything. This is exciting. Okay, it's going to cool. be really fun. So okay. circus science going to be cool. But anyway, she was speaking for one of those talking about pelvic floor and talked about her research, and I was like, you know, I talked to a lot of circus artists, and I've gotten a lot of questions like, every time I turn upside down, I fart, or um, or, or queef? uh, queefing. queefing, yeah, queefing. Queefing's a big one. Or I always train with music on so people can't hear me queef or fart. Um, or instructors who who notice these things in their classes. Or people who leak a little, whether they are postpartum or not. Mm. Um, a lot of circus artists, even in uh, who are young and strong, what we actually are, are thinking, our theory is, is that folks might actually be too strong in their pelvic floor mm. and doesn't have that elasticity um, versus where it might be too weak. Because there's a really high prevalence of pelvic floor dysfunction, either um, urinary, urinary or anal incontinence, if that sounds really scary, but it really means it can be as simple as queefing or farting or leaking a little urine or leaking a little um, 
the Kilo PC. It's just not as fun. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it happens. It's super, super common. And people talk about it a little, or they talk about other things like I always train with music um, or things like that, where you're, you may not know unless you get to know the artist. Um, and so I knew that was happening. And so I asked her, I'm like, Hey, can we reproduce your study and work with circus artists? So there's now three of us on board. So it's Dr. Brooke Winder, Dr. Heather Heineman, and me um, doing this research study. And we have over 600 respondents, which we're very excited about. Wow. Um, the majority of them are aerialists. So we'll get a lot of data on aerialists. We're hoping to get a broader spectrum, but we'll, we like every answer because all of it is information and all of it is helpful. So if my listeners want to be part of the study, they can just email you. Um, I can give you the link so you can have it. Um, okay. I'll put that in the show notes because, uh, I think a lot of people might want to participate, participate. Yeah. And please participate whether or not you have issues, right? We don't want just to have a bias towards people who have issues. So if you're going to participate, participate across the spectrum. It's very helpful for us to know how common it is, which means we need to know people who don't have problems too. So I have a, a story from yesterday I was teaching and um, like at the loft. I don't know if you know, Rachel and, and Brett. I know them via like email. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not that in person. Yeah. They're awesome. So they have this very, they have not very diverse because we all kind of have a dance background, but we all have a different approach with our students. Mm-hmm. And I see some of the teachers there and I'm like, wow, you guys are so professional and nice. Like I'm not like in my class, I talk about, like, I'm so inappropriate. It's, and I think my, my students love it. Like, they don't want me to go in there and be like, and point through your metatarsals with this voice. <sighs> Deep breath in. Like, I don't do that. <laughs> I don't I'm do like, that. That's why they come to find you, right? Like, we all have our, like. Yes. And I could, I, I, I could. I, I've taught classes like that. I just choose not to. And there's other teachers that do that very well. And I'm, I look at them I'm like, that's what a teacher should be doing. But I am in class and like, especially postpartum, I'd be like, I'd come down and be like, you guys, I just peed a little bit. I just peed a little on the fabric. I should take it down and put another one up. They're like, what are the chances it got all the way through your pants onto the fabric? And then also, you probably didn't even need to tell us because we wouldn't have known. I was like, but transparency. But, tra- but I think that's so important because like, I feel like we don't talk about these things and we don't talk about injuries, right? And talking about them makes it more, we can share the knowledge and we can like actually grow from it as a community. So I think yeah, it's great. I, I mean, I choose to be just completely myself because I feel like it, it gives people permission to do the same thing. It gives people permission to talk about these things when maybe it's a little embarrassing. I yeah. mean, I got to the point Bleeding. where like, yeah like i'm like not that embarrassed i'm like it's i'm a human things happen and brett and rachel if you're listening which you probably aren't uh i did not pee on the studio fabric it was my own that day (laughs) it was my own but just by luck because sometimes i put my own up because i like that color but that day color is important so um you're feeling it it that day no in my clinic like when i'm treating my patients i am just a weirdo bouncing around and i'm always like oh is this unprofessional i was like no this is why people come to see me (laughs) because i'm gonna give you the information but i'm also probably gonna do a leap across the floor while i go get therapy i like that 
because I can. Um, I like that. But at the same time, I do the, I do the, okay, so I want you to take a deep breath. You're going to reach out with your right hand and put it on the bar. Good. Nice. Okay. Now keep looking at the bar. Just gently release. So when I teach flying trapeze to beginners, I've been told I have a bedtime story voice. Oh, you you do that professional voice. Do it. Do it. (laughs) But only like, you know, when you need it. Because like there are times when people just want that calm influence, right? Yes. You know what I do? I do. I do the toddler encouragement. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go, you did it. <laughs> That's what I do. I do do that. Like yeah. the way I talk to my bean when she does them. I'm, so, I'm so proud of you. Good job. I'll right. do that. We never, we never grow up. Well, personally, I never have so far grown out of it. Like, I want to hear that. Like, I want someone to celebrate my wins. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think my students know there's like a, a layer of sarcasm there. Oh, yeah. There's also that. There's, there's but. But you can also take it at face value because I did just say you did it. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the context, right? Like it depends oh, on the context. Did you finally point your toe after me telling and yelling at you for six months. <laughs> oh, you did it. Or did you like do that big drop? That was really scary. You did it. Uh, the other thing I've been laughing at recently is like, I, Oh, pelvic floor. Like, Oh, pelvic floor. So some people have a really deep ass. Mm-hmm. Like they have, you know what I'm saying? Like their butt cheeks and their pubic bone, like far apart. So they have like that, like apple bottom. You guys didn't see on zoom. She just squeezed both her hands like this. It's great. <laughs> That's more of a booby, a booby hand. It is, but you know, I mean, is it this better? It's like a little, yeah. Like, like this, the under, underneath, underneath. And some people have yeah. a really deep ass and some people are really shallow ass. I have a kind of shallow ass. So, when the fabric, like an assalto, goes straight up the ass, like I've been noticing, like how far it goes up some people's asses and how not far. It, and sometimes I'll be like, "That is so far up your ass!" Like I can't believe it. But then it doesn't hurt them more because they just have a different physiology. Or it could also be. Um, I wonder if the leggings are different. Like if there's more stretch or less stretch to fabric. I don't know. I think there's a lot of weight going into there's that. There's a lot of weight. That's fair. The fabric's really, it's kind of ruling the, the, the world there. Yeah. Last Yesterday in class, oh my God, this is the best intro to this, to a podcast ever. So we're talking about shoulders, right? No, we're kind of, we we will talk about shoulders. That's what I asked. I emailed Dr. Emily. I was like, would you like to come talk about healthy shoulders and not healthy shoulders? And she said, yes. And then this is the conversation we're having. So uh yesterday we were doing like i ended up a thematic like big drop and then we're bonus salto at the end but by the time you're already wrapped in like the end of a double star it's so tight and then we climb up over it to do a little bonus salto and it's like it's like vagina thigh um here's a question that's not that serious have you ever have any has anybody ever been really injured from these tight wraps that have come so, to you? Um, probably yes and no. Um, the wraps that are more one sided than the other, like so, more around one hip. Okay. Um, if you come down with a lot of impact, possibly if you already have injury or hypermobility going on, I have seen some kind of some shearing forces on the pelvis okay so like the sacroiliac joint can sometimes get irritated um from that or um but 
but not the pressure necessarily not the compression no 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 not the compression i've had questions about this especially from harness dancers like aerial dance folks okay um, yeah it's a lot of force turns out your core just kind of turns on more to protect your organs and like it's there if you hit with enough impact and the wrap is not on your pelvis it's actually above on your soft squishy bits Uh uh-huh you can bruise things like your kidneys um oh you you can you can (laughs) potentially but chances are not down with a pretty good amount of force and you have to like miss your pelvis or your rib cage and there's there's not a lot of space if you like if right you feel yeah yeah the bottom of your rib cage and your top of your pelvis not like we do a space. really good job of protecting our organ bits um and that's the stuff that would get injured not the bones like the bones are made to take impact that's totally fine they can take that compression no big deal um it's just if you end up squishing your organ bits that's why we usually do our wraps on our pelvis <laughs> and not right you don't land in a wheel down wrap usually yeah, exactly. And when you were doing a wheel down, the, the amount of core uh, stability that's going on there, trunk stability. Or that you're supposed to have, we should say. You're supposed to have uh, is good. But but a wheel down also is not going to hurt your organs. Like we're talking about doing a drop. Right. Like force. Uh, yeah. force. Okay. <laughs> so Dr. Emily's answer is if you're in a static salto position and you're whining like a baby, this is actually what I'm saying. You can stop. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying it's not comfortable. Oh, it it's very uncomfortable. No, I'm but sure. I just, I mean, I have people like I keep on, I'm, I'm like, I'm a little old school. I'm like, it'll be fine. And it is. You kind of just, it it, it's kind of fine. Our bodies, our bodies, when they're faced with something new that that's not comfortable, that has discomfort, our neurons are going, hey, warning, this is weird. You should be paying attention to this. Maybe yeah, it's a fight problem. or flight, right? That's that's yeah. the. Like, this is like maybe this is a problem. But the thing is, the more you do it, the more your body realizes this is not a threat. Everything's okay. I can ignore this because I know it's not a threat, and and it's like I just need, can get through it. It won't be a problem. So well, the more that's you do it, the less painful it'll become. Well, but that's the interesting part to me. It's your body's pain receptors actually don't respond the same anymore over time because I don't feel that type of pain hardly at all. Because yeah. pain is really, a, I mean, it's a perception. In your head. <laughs> I mean, it is, but it's also, it's, isn't pain is a conglomeration of information that we're gathering from all over. It's not just one thing. So when we are experiencing pain, what we're really experiencing is all of these signals that our body's interpreting as pain. And so we're just changing the interpretation. We're like, oh, this is pressure that's part of this wrap versus this is pressure on weird parts of my body that are not used to it and something bad is about to, ha- about to happen. No, we're like, oh, I know what this is. This is not threatening. I love it. I love nerding out with you. It's so fun. It's so fun. It's so fun. It's so Hang fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, Carrie sent me the email about talking about shoulders and I responded with what should I have prepared and Carrie's like anything we're going to wing it we're just going to talk just be ready to talk about shoulders so here we go okay so so shoulders so I uh, yeah I recently I since July I uh, I haven't gotten an MRI but I'm pretty sure I have a, a a tiny deltoid tear and uh, I've actually been going to an energetic body worker to eventually 
get it better. And it has been getting better. And I think that if I was a really good patient, it would have been better. But I keep on doing aerial. And so it keeps on getting aggravated. Okay. So, and saying that, I have about five other people just at the top of my head that right now have shoulder pain. So first, let's talk about like in your clientele, like what's so common? Like what's the thing that comes up? Yeah. So, uh, gosh, even just listening to you say that I have like nine different things. I I love it. Give it, give it to me. So first thing I want to say is shoulder pain in circus artists is really common, really common. That doesn't mean it has to be normal. Uh, it just means that we put high stresses on this very, very mobile joint at end range. Having your arms overhead is about as far as they go. And then we're putting traction force on them or dynamic swinging force on them. Um, and it's a lot to learn how to stabilize for our body. The other thing that's, that I think is a reason why that happens is muscles um, work best at mid-range. Meaning, so like if your arms are out in front of you, your elbow is often like partially bent. Your shoulders are kind of in mid-range to bring your arms in front of you. And let's say you're lifting your bean, right? Like our muscles are really good at doing that. The, the muscle fibers have like this overlap that um, if they're in mid-range, they have the most amount of connection with the other side to kind of pull them together and pull them apart. Um, I know we're in all audio right now, so you guys can't see what I'm doing with my fingers, but if you interlace your fingers, like keep your fingers straight and put one finger inside the other fingers, they're all kind of lined up and stacked. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. Um, and if you kind of make them overlap midway, you can see that there's like a lot of connection, a lot of touching. If you smush them all the way in, so like your middle finger is right up against your web space. Um, and so is your ring finger and they're all kind of slammed in. You can see it's harder. You don't have as much room to contract your imaginary muscle because you're already at end range. Or if you pull them apart and you're only barely touching your fingertips to each other, you have very little connection to help that contraction and and uh, get that muscle to pull in and out. So if you go mid-range, you have a nice amount of touching of those muscle fibers where they can grab each other and pull to contract and relax. We're going real deep in the nerdy muscle No, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So our arms work best at mid-range. So we put them at end range and all of these muscles are at that fingertip stage or a lot of the muscles are at that fingertip stage and some of the other muscles are at the fingertip to web space phase and it's just harder for all the muscles to fire because they're in their end range. So (laughs) we have to work really hard as aerialists to maintain and gain control of our movement and strength in these end ranges. And that's why I think it's happened. It happens and it's so common. The other reason I think it happens and it's so common is how complex the shoulder joint is. I, again, I'm whipping out a shoulder model that you guys can't see in audio land, but imagine I'm holding a shoulder blade. It's kind of like a triangle and hanging off one of the ends of that triangle is the arm bone, the humerus. Um, that shoulder blade sits on the trunk in a sea of 17 muscles that attach to it. The only attachment point is actually at the collarbone in the I front. I just took like a screenshot point. of you, so I can post it. There you um, go. That shoulder blade really is uh, just kind of attached to all the muscles, and it's not attached by a joint to the body. So when the arm moves up overhead, that shoulder blade has to go with it, and it has to move around the body in a way that points the joint up as much as possible. 
Do you want to tip that one corner of the shoulder, that one corner of the triangle, all the way up, point, point towards the ceiling, so then the arm bone is also pointing up towards the ceiling. Because if that shoulder blade and that arm aren't working together properly, right, then we can have the shoulder blade kind of bonk into the arm at the joint and cause what's called impingement or that pinching, stabbing feeling in the shoulder. And so there's so much that can change with that super mobile glenohumeral joint, that actual shoulder joint, and then that mobile shoulder blade on the body. And there's so many different muscles that can be pulling and moving that if there's an imbalance in that muscle system, it's more likely to cause shoulder pain. So I think that's why. And so in my clinic, um, I would say, uh, I haven't run the numbers recently, but last time I ran the numbers, about 70% of my patients come in with shoulder pain. Wow. That's a Just high huge. percentage. Yeah. High percentage. Normal physical therapy practice, it's 60 to 80% low back pain. My oh. Because I'm seeing almost all circus artists and shoulders are just where people get injured. Shoulders, proximal hamstrings, that hamstring strain right way up your butt. Ah. And then backs, ankles, hips in general. Um, but shoulders, 100% shoulders. Okay, I know I like rambled on for a long time about that, but there's something else you said that I really want to also. Yeah, please. Touch on, which was that you felt bad for continue, continuing to do aerial. Well, I just feel like it's probably not helping. Well, I think it depends on what you're doing, right? Okay. Because, I mean, ideally, you don't stop. We just modify what you're doing so that you're able to continue to do it in a way that doesn't aggravate your shoulder because it's important to your life and your students that you keep doing aerial. So, yeah. So this is what I've learned just anecdotally from my body. If I train on hoop, I do not aggravate it hardly any because first of all, I'm not doing the trickiest tricks on hoop, but I really what, um, uh, this motion. So if I like, if I'm like, uh, this is what really gets it. If I'm like in a candy cane, like if I'm in a footlock and I try to do like an archer. So like if I try to push my arm out this way with four, with, with, uh, with weight, <laughs> your dog, what did your dog just do? Uh, my dog was just barking because somebody went down the stairs in our apartment building. Oh, it's a, it's okay. So if I'm pushing like out with that arm, it's really, it's really kind of like, that's, that's the angle. So right now I'm trying to strengthen it with bands, just doing that same tracking, um, doing it without any weight. There's no pain. So this is a good, this is good. And then, you know, put a little band work in there and it's just a little, it fatigues after like 10 reps. So my problem isn't that I can't work around it. It's when I'm demoing and I get excited and I just try to do everything, you know, oh, yeah. um, what, what I realized has created, uh, so me doing all these saltos yesterday, not a good idea because what, what doesn't work is if I have one knee hooked on the pole and I try to pull up to that salto position, kind of like a side pull, like, ouch. So, you are right. If I'm going to keep on doing it, like I, I think for about a month, I was really good about like staying out of everything that was causing me any type of pain. And and then, you know, even when you spin the fabric, there's weight, you know, which is why when I'm in a Lyra, I don't have the same pain, but I don't teach Lyra class. <laughs> I teach right, self class. So you're, not, 
you're not being forced forced into right those, those activities. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I like to tell my patients is it depends. Okay. So first of all, it depends on what's going on with everybody's individually individual individual bodies, shoulders, etc. But in general. Um, some people feel better once they're warmed up and then they don't notice that they're causing pain that they get later. So that's something. First of all, observe your pain. Are you one of those people where I warm up, I feel good, and then I have pain after? Or are you one of those people who are, it only hurts when I do these specific movements? Or, you know, it um, hurts during but not after? So observing your pain. If you're a person who, when they warm up, they don't have pain, that's great because it means, you know, as you warm up and get the inflammation pumping, or inflammation pumping and like moving out of the area, it's generally less painful. Awesome. But it's harder to track what's actually causing the irritation. It's only happening after training. If you're a person who has pain during training, what I like to say is try to keep the pain at a two out of 10, maybe max three out of 10 pain. So really low pain. That immediately goes away when you stop doing the thing and isn't worse after training, right? Because what we want is we want to start telling the body, again, depending on how far along you are in the injury spectrum, if you're early in your injury process, avoiding pain is going to be better. If you're further along in your injury process, what we need to start doing, kind of like what you're saying, Carrie, is starting to get load into the system, starting to put energy and stress on the muscles or tissues that are damaged. Because we want them to use that stress as an indicator. Oh, I need to rebuild that tissue because this human is going to use it. If we just rest everything, I know. If we just rest everything, our body doesn't know that it needs to heal it. It's just like, oh, that can stay weak because it's never going to be used. Okay, this is new news to me because, of course... Like my body workers are like, well, you're going to do it anyway. So just stay out of pain. Like the specificity is not there. This is very interesting. And yes, listeners, I'm making this all about me. Let's do but that. You, know what? you are uh, an avatar for your listeners. Um, I am. But I mean, there are, if you're working with a healthcare provider, which I hope you are, if you're in pain, um, listen to them because they're going to know what your specific injury is. Um, for muscle strains, this is a really good guide and a really good rule. For things that are more joint pain, there might be a reason you're getting that pain, but as long as you don't have more pain after, you're probably not doing more damage. But again, listen to your healthcare provider. Um, shoulder things, if you're getting that pinching or impingement, there's probably a movement reason why that you should get figured out, um, especially if you're having pain with hanging, with inversions, with beats, when that shoulder is getting to end range and being loaded work with someone to figure it out it'll be helpful yeah so but but that resonates with me because i am i'm not at like a high level of pain and it's only in particular positions and it's when there's like weight on it yeah but it sounds like you're a little bit worse afterwards so paying attention to that would be um good question good question maybe a little Okay, step maybe, one. Figure out where, when yeah, your pain is happening. Maybe a little, maybe a little sometimes, but not all the time. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's not hundred percent either way. This is very, very good information, Doctor Emily. Yeah. So, but yeah, working the working the muscles, the muscles and tissues, they need stimulus to uh, to. 
to regrow, reform, remodel. We need, we need a reason. It takes, it takes energy to rebuild things, right? If you're talking about building a building um, and, it, yeah. and it's falling down, like it, it takes manpower, it takes energy, it takes dollars, it takes, you know, spending to rebuild. Our body is the same way. So for us to ex- exploit those calories to rebuild a muscle or rebuild a ligament, our body needs a reason just like it does in the first place. Like your biceps isn't just going to grow because you're looking at it and want it to grow. Your biceps is going to grow because you're doing a lot of climbing on silks. Right. Which is why, which is why the very old structures that you get, you see your doctor and then you go to physical therapy so that you can do all this stuff. But yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Movement, so movement is magic. Movement. Motion is lotion. I like to say motion is lotion. Motion is medicine. Movement is medicine. All these things people say. Yeah. Okay. So for example, uh, like I was getting better and then I went back into my person and he's like, well, you're just, you're a little sublux now. So he put my shoulder, my humerus back in those couple millimeters. And then now I'm healing from that. So here, here's my question, because also as a body worker, I come across this all the time as a PT, you must come across it every day. How does one find out if it's, are they having nerve pain? Is it muscular? Is it ligament? Is it tendon? Is it a sublux? Like, is it weakness in the serratus anterior? Like, how how does one start to go down that path? Obviously, go find a provider. But like, like how how do we know more about ourselves? So we're like, okay, I actually need to take a chiropractor, or I need to go get the strengthened because it's weak. Like, is there any way like a regular person can start to understand? Which one of those things that might be causing the problem? Yes, and <laughs> yes, and okay. Always yes, and right. Um, <clears throat> so some of it is having experience in your own body. I can describe to you what it feels like to me, and that does seem to be what I hear back from my patients uh, of different types of injuries. So muscle belly things, muscle things that are just like in the muscle belly are going to be more mid structure. So they're going to be like in the bicep versus at the shoulder or the elbow. Does that make sense? Like they're going to be more of a strain in the muscle itself. Tendon things are going to be closer to the joint. Oh, and they're going to feel achy usually. Usually. Bruisey. Um, tendon things tend to be more burny <laughs> um, because they're more that feeling of like tearing. Delicious. Um, when your muscles pulling on your tendons. And again, this is how it feels to my body. Um, the more you have experience with your body, the more you'll kind of, you'll kind of know it's going to feel closer to the joint, but may or may that may or may not be true. That's what you're going to feel for like elbow epicondylosis, epicondylitis, that elbow tennis elbow golfer's elbow is going to usually feel like kind of Terry Bernie. Then there's nerve pain. It's usually more tingling and usually along a line of things. Or you'll have a pattern of weakness like, oh, I keep dropping things um, if it goes further. Um, but nerve pain is like, oh, when I stretch something, I feel pull through a full region. Um, joint pain can be ligament or tendon. Um, and it's hard to tell or capsule. It's going to be at the joint. So shoulder, elbow. I generally say if there's joint pain, you probably want to see someone, especially if it's lasting longer than a week. 
and not getting better, right? If it's lasting, if it's starting to last two weeks and getting worse or staying the same or lingering certainly for a month, you definitely want to see someone. I always say if it's something new to your body and you don't know what to do about it, go see someone. If you have the means and ability here in Seattle, we have a free clinic for performing artists, which is awesome. I know. Yeah. So Seattle Dance Performing Arts Medicine, we're a nonprofit that I'm on the board of. Oh, I'm also on the board of two different organizations. I'm a busy lady. Um, you are, but you know, sometimes you don't realize how busy you are until you start like listing the things. I know. That's why it was so good. I was like, no, please tell me what you're doing because we don't even recognize all the things we do. Um, but yeah, so Seattle Dance Performing Arts Medicine, we have a free clinic. We try, we aim for once a month. Um, post-pandemic, we're still finding our groove again. Uh, but we do have a free clinic for performing artists. But if you don't have the means or ability, you might have one of those in your uh, area if you are in a big city in the U.S. Um, so fingers crossed for that. Otherwise, you can also reach out to healthcare providers. I have a list of circus-specific providers that want to work with circus artists on my website. I can also give you a link to that. Um, but yeah, get your body checked out. But yeah, joint things especially get checked out. Um, if you feel a hamstring strain, which again, really common in circus artists, that where that's where it goes with don't stretch and rest, add strength and load. Oh, see? <sighs> the and things that I do know. Yeah. Okay, okay. You don't feel tight. Yeah, so like muscle strain or tendon um uh, tendon strain like often you're going to feel really tight and stiff and achy um but it's the body protecting itself and we need to give it the confidence and the strength to move through a bigger range we don't need to push again that two out of three pain two to two or three out of ten pain and then not making it worse afterwards is really really great for muscles and tendons for that sharper pinchy joint impingement pain that's me more movement based and movement quality which is where Muscles are probably not playing nice together. The joints not aligned properly. Both usually, because if the muscles aren't firing well, it's going to push the joint out of alignment. Or if the you know joints aren't aligned well, they're not going to let the muscles fire well. Uh, all depends on who you're talking to as a healthcare provider. Kind of what our our bias and perspectives are. Um, but those joint impingements, those joint pinchy pains, or the snapping hip, or things like that, are really going to be things that you can work with a provider to get the movement mechanics better on. Um, I'm always biased. I'm, I'm a, I'm a muscle girl. I like movement. So I'm always going to look at things where if we can get the, the muscles firing better than the joints going to move better. There are certainly going to be people more on the bone side of like chiropractic. Though again, it depends on the chiropractor. Um, we're going to say, well, if we get the bones moving in the right place then the muscles fire better. Um, I also think it's like, well, how long has it been there? If it's been there a long time, the muscles have really learned to move that way. And we need to like retrain and maybe we do both, you know, depending on where it is in the body. Maybe we do an, an adjustment of the joint and then strengthen around it. Or maybe we strengthen to pull the joint back to where we want it to be. So it all depends on your body. You know, you know, my injury did not start with Ariel. It started with Bean because I... My right arm is my dominant. And up until about six months ago, I would hold her. And it just got it. That's the thing. And then the car seat. The car seat reached back. And then you put Ariel on top of that. And it's, you know, that's that's where mine actually came from. And 
definitely well, just stop being a mom then because clearly that's Cle- the problem right Cle- like don't stop doing ariel just stop being a mom I know we got it. We got to figure out how to do all the things because you can't really stop like that. That that, guys, by the way, podcast listeners, I am in the expecting Ariel's land. uh, Yeah, that that car seat's not getting that position's not changing because it can't be actually behind me because that won't be any better. Um, Okay, so how do people know if like let's just say they're just having a little bit. This is what I experience watching some of my students. They just have a little bit of pain. How do people know that they just need a really good massage? (laughs) Is that a trick question? It depends on the quality and location of pain. Yeah, Um, Yeah, it's hard to answer these questions, right? These are tough questions. These are not easy. Um, uh, You know, again, individual, but I would say... What reasons you might need a good, uh, a massage? You've increased or changed your training load significantly. So you went from training two times a week to four times a week. And, you know, your muscles are just trying to figure out what they're doing with this new input. You know, um, that's usually the biggest indicator. It's just like, Oh, everything is just trying to figure out this new place in life. And it can be helped with things like massage. She'll be like, Guys are going to be okay. Let's just chill out, have a recovery day, and go over here. If it's, <clears throat> if again, it's more on like the pain, pain spectrum, where it's something that's been lingering for a long time. Sometimes I like massage as part of the, the, uh, the treatment package because it's often like, hey, we're going to get the muscles to chill out or this one to, to tune down and this one to tune up so they can then fire better for you. But you probably need to change the input if it's been going on for a long time. So shorter, shorter duration of soreness, achiness type things, or a big change in training load, um, massage, or the more, um, the more passive therapies, meaning not for the massage practitioner, but, but for the, uh, for the aerialist, the, the more passive therapies can work better if it's a shorter duration of injury where um, the body hasn't kind of relearned to move a different way. If it's been going on for weeks, months, years, absolutely. You're going to need to learn to how to remove your body to remove the stimulus. that's continuing to cause the pain. Oh, Dr. Emily, you're so good at this. So I, (laughs) I am not a doctor. But what I do tell my clients is like, let's just go down the checklist. Let's get a massage. You don't feel better. Let's see if those bones are in the right place. Let's check if your form is good when you're doing your floor work. Um, and then and then very often it's like we have to go see a physical therapist. But the great thing now is that I have somebody actually that I can send people to that knows what they're talking about. Yeah. So Stretchy Sue gets a lot of my, you know, gets my people. Ooh, because that's Stretchy Sue. Because that's that's that last piece of the puzzle. It's like, okay, uh, we, we have to go down this checklist to figure it out. And, um, you know, so if you guys are in L.A. and you need a good therapist, uh, I got one for you. And then, again, uh, Dr. Emily has great resources on her website. Okay, so Dr. Emily, to close out today, would you have any, do you have any advice on shoulders for my population of, of awesome Ladies. I do. I do. Please. So, uh, uh, we didn't really talk about it too much. We'll have to do this again. Hang out. Talk about, you know, 
everything other than the topic we're supposed to be talking about. Um, but yes, shoulders. The biggest thing we can do is when you're doing your prehab, your warm up, all of that, don't just work your shoulders down by the sides of your body. If you're going to be hanging from your arms, make sure you warm up your arms up overhead and that you're training your strength through the full range of motion. If you're an aerialist who pulls all the time because we're always hanging, make sure you do something that's pushing. That could be downward dogs. That could be handstands. That could be backward crawling. That could be weightlifting. I love it if it's weightlifting. Overhead pressing. Awesome. We do so much overhead pulling. So to balance it out, some overhead pressing and strengthening through your full range of motion is really important. Okay, so if if I have like a couple like uh, not super heavy um, dumbbells in the studio, that'd be great. Yeah, totally. Okay. Push them up overhead. Stick them on their ends. So you're just grabbing like what I call the butt or it's the bell of the dumbbell. And so it's a little unstable and push that up overhead. So you have to balance that stability as you're pushing. Um, grab your water bottle so it sloshes around and do the same thing. Um, any of that pushing overhead is great. Especially for you straps artists. I'm talking to you. Oh, yeah. The straps artists, they they get injured so much. At least the ones that I'm exposed to. So much pulling. There's so much inverting. There's so much strength involved. You need to make sure you're balancing it the other way. Okay. You're a wealth of knowledge. Uh, I learned a lot today. Is great. That's that's for the gym. Yeah. We're talking about going to the gym. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you. Lovely to see you both, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk another time. Yeah. Okay. Um, take my snow monster to the snow. Uh, I might have you. I, I might have this. Just close. I might have this episode close out the year. Maybe. Whoa! End of year. Maybe because there's only like three episodes to the end of the year anyway. So yeah. maybe I'll have it tied up in a bow with this one. Oh, Emily Sherb, you are just the best. I really appreciate you. Uh, Learn so much every single time we talk. And I hope to have you on again in 2023, season three of The Expecting Aerialist to talk about more fun, uh, more fun things about our bodies. Um, My listeners, I'm excited to launch wrap your head around silks teacher training in 2023 in the spring hopefully where we're going to do our first round of silks one teacher training uh go to the link and let me know that you're interested there the free three-part aerial rehab masterclass series if you want to check that out if you're in need of uh of a little help getting back into your practice and of course the uh our our 60 minute live rolled out classes every single week so uh, thank you so much to Asa Watkins, sound engineer. And if you would honor me with a five-star review and uh, and just a sentence, you know, that really, really, really helps. So I appreciate you guys. And um, have an amazing holiday. Have an amazing uh, New Year's. And I will see you on the flip side. This is the Expecting Aerialist, now part of the Digitant family of podcasts. Over and out. I'll see you on the other side. Bye.